It's Thursday, January 20th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, again, no movement on the lockout. Uh, I got to say that pretty much every time up front. Uh, but the Guardians did make an announcement yesterday. Uh, we expected a, uh, an update on their major league coaching staff for the 2022 season. And the mystery man who's going to be uh, taking the place of uh, Ruben Niebla, not much of a mystery. Uh, Joe Torres is going to be promoted to assistant pitching coach. Uh, Torres, uh, six years with the club, and uh, he was most recently the, the minor league pitching coordinator, which is a role that Niebla filled before he joined the staff. Yeah, Joe, uh, you know, his name was prominent. He was one of the uh, finalists that they interviewed, uh, the internal uh, finalists that they interviewed. Um, kind of an interesting guy. He was uh, in 2000, he was, you know, 10th overall pick in the draft by the Angels. Um, received like over a $2 million signing bonus uh, right out of high school. And uh, I talked to his agent I, I, uh, a couple years ago. You know, I've, I've talked to him in the past and he said he was the best high school pitcher he's ever seen. Best high school pitcher pitching prospect he ever he's ever seen or signed and kind of you know blame the angels kind of for pushing him a little too fast changing his arm angle he got hurt and uh, you know he's but still uh, even you know on top of that besides that you know he uh, spent 13 years pitching in the minors and uh, you know so he's got a resume here and he told me this was in i want to say in 2018 when when uh, they first hired Torres he said he'd be in the big leagues with some team with, with in less than five years. And uh, he was right on the money as a, as a pitching coach or as, yes, a, as pitching a coach. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. What, what makes a guy like Torres, like you said, 13 years in the minors, he's 39 years old. Uh, obviously, you know, has the, a, a, a background where he's, he's worked in the minors with uh, some of these guys, like the young guys, like Eli Morgan, uh, even older guys like uh, uh, Anthony Ghost, uh, he's he, he's worked with all these guys who are just getting just reaching the majors now. What makes him a good fit for this staff in that way? Well, I think uh, uh, just what you were saying, Joe. He's he spent you know five years in the in the minors, at least in this uh, system, in the uh, Cleveland system. He he managed from what uh, the Arizona Rookie League. Uh, then uh, a ball in Lynchburg, a ball in Lake County. So uh, I think he's grown with these guys. You know, he's seen a bunch of these guys kind of progress through the system. And for the last two years, um, he's uh, been the pitching coordinator, which is, you know, a vital cog in, in the Indians development or the, or the Guardians development of, of pitching, which has been so successful. And I think, Joe, when, when you pitch for 13 years in the minors, and you kind of have those injury problems and you, and you, you know, the frustration that this game can is built on. And I think that helps it in, in your relationship with pitchers and you can maybe talk them off the ledge, you know, when, when things aren't going back, going well. Yeah. A lot of that, uh, a lot of that was needed in, uh, in the 2021 season uh, for sure. Um, with all the pitching injuries that uh, Cleveland suffered uh, just, uh, Torres' ability to connect with some of these younger guys, you know, a, a guy like a J.C. Mejia is gone, but he would have been a guy who would have been, 
you know, just like uh, would have been not, not just speaking the same language, but, you know, on the same page with, uh, with a guy like a Joe Torres. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure that there are, are many examples of, of guys on the 40 man roster right now who Torres is going to be able to help in, in a lot of ways. Uh, we also got a, a, an update uh, regarding the, um, the, the major league staff, uh, I guess, it's not news that that Terry Francona is going to be back. Uh, he's 62 years old, and he'll be back for his what uh, ninth se- ninth season or tenth? Yeah, it is his uh, tenth, right? Yeah, tenth season since 2013. Um, and they they listed him as the leader in managerial wins, which was something we sort of knew about, but uh, to see it on paper here now, uh, 753 wins for Terry Francona uh, in Cleveland uh, is number one all time. He gets those, those 30 wins that uh, DeMarlo Hale was sort of at the helm for at the, over the last two months of the season last year. Um, I, I think it'll be a, a different feeling maybe when, when Tito wins his first home game uh, next year and, and the, the fans and the players are able to sort of celebrate it then. Yeah, this is a kind of a, a, you know, a unique situation. I know Tito, you know, originally said he didn't want credit for, for the wins that, uh, you know, the club, you know, uh, earned under uh, DeMarlo Hale and, uh, you know, because of his health problems, he didn't think, but I mean, with uh, the, the ball club and Elias, the, uh, you know, the, who keeps the, uh, the statistics from major league baseball said, you know, this is the way it's always worked. You know, the, the acting manager, as long as he is, you know, still in really the manager in name, um, you know, he's going to get credit for the wins. No, no matter if he's in the dugout or not. So that was, uh, you know, the clarification of that rule when, when uh, Terry Francona stepped aside, what at the end of July last season, Joe. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think that, you sort of, you sort of robbed Tito of the moment of the, you know, getting that, that win that put him over the top. But I think in the long run, uh, you know, Tito's not the kind of guy who, who needs those celebrations or anything like that. He just, uh, he, he would rather see the team winning than, than anything else. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, you know, he's in the business to win, you know, that's uh, <laughs> he always says that we're here to win first and foremost. Uh, and they've done a pretty good job of that over the last nine years, eight straight winning seasons until this past season when they finished 80 and 82. Yeah. Uh, looking at the rest of the staff, uh, Hale comes back. Uh, so does Sandy Alomar. Mike Sarbaugh is always there. Carl Willis, uh, Brian Sweeney in the bullpen. Uh, Chris Lake of the new addition is the hitting coach with Victor Rodriguez and Justin Toole. So that's, that's pretty much. And Kyle Hudson, who's sort of their, uh, their Jack of all trades. Uh, you even get Mike Barnett back. Uh, Barney's coming back for another year in the booth uh, as the replay coordinator. But uh, th- there's a there's a high degree of consistency and continuity uh, with this staff. Another reason why they've been as successful under Francona as they have. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And and our buddy Tony Amato's back for maybe the millionth year. I didn't put that in the story, but he's back as uh, as the you know. Uh, the equipment manager and uh, 
the the man who runs really well, runs behind the scenes. <laughs> well, really, everybody everybody in the in in the clubhouse and on the you know the behind the scenes staff, the support staff, uh, all those folks are back, and and that's a a good thing to see. And 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 hopefully we get to see their faces at some point, uh, you know, down there in the clubhouse. But uh, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon uh, with the ongoing pandemic. Uh, again, just, uh, like, like we said that, that continuity and, and, and those, those same, you know, voices maybe, uh, as, as we move forward into this sort of new era of Cleveland, uh, baseball under the, the name guardians, uh, should be, should be fun to watch in 2022. All right. Uh, as we head forward on our podcast, uh, we're, we're getting to, uh, we're running through all of these, um, uh, we've we've been talking about the changes made by each team before the lockout and what they need to do after the lockout. Uh, we're, we've arrived at the National League Central, and uh, there there is no shortage of moves in the National League Central uh, prior to the uh, the lockout. So let's let's jump right in. We'll start with uh, start with the Brewers uh, over in Milwaukee. Uh, this is a team that went out and acquired. Uh, Hunter Renfro from uh, the the Red Sox. Uh, they sent the Red Sox back Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. was just a terrible, terrible season this past year. Uh, you know, great defense, but I think he, he didn't even hit 200. So, you know, it that was a – and I think he had a pretty good, you know, hefty contract. So that was a pretty, you know, good move by David Stern to, to make that deal happen. And Hunter Renfro basically – you know, kind of replaces the production that Avisail Garcia had with the Brewers last season. And Garcia, you know, left through free agency and to Florida and signed that four-year deal with the Marlins. Right. Uh, sort of what's left for these guys after the lockout ends? What's, uh, what's the first move that they might make? Uh, you know, maybe sort of like a, a, a better bat to fill out the um, – uh, the middle of the infield uh, is that is that something where uh, where these guys could look? Yeah, they definitely need some some help offensively, Joe. Uh, I mean, and they've got some people you know on the roster right now that they would like to see uh, get get things turned around. Christian Yelich, you know, starts the first year that huge seven year uh, uh, extension that he signed a couple of years ago. This this mm -hmm. so you know 2022 is the first year that. And he, you know, he's really struggled the last couple of years with, I think he had a knee and a back injury. So, you know, he was an MVP guy, uh, MVP cal caliber player a couple when they, when they re got him from uh, the Marlins. So they need, they need a, you know, a, a big, uh, a big uh, bounce back from him. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, and, you know, offense did hurt them last season. You know, they, they, they won a what ninety seven games, and mm -hmm. uh, then they, they got bounced out of the uh, the NLDS um, in in four games. So uh, you know they, they and but it wasn't their pitching. It was it was you know their their offense really kind of was lagging behind the whole season. Right. Well, we saw in Cleveland just how good late in the season their pitching uh, really was. Uh, maybe there's names out there, some some big bats that could. Uh, help them via a free agent signing or a trade, maybe a Chris Bryant, uh, if they can muster the dollars for that. Uh, maybe give a shot to Nelson Cruz. He'd be a great guy to put in the mix there. 
Um, and, you know, uh, maybe the Yankees are willing to, to part with a bat like a Luke Voigt, uh, you know, if they can, if they can stomach uh, all the strikeouts that come with that, uh, you know, just uh, definitely a middle of the order bat, something the, uh, the Brewers are going to look for. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, you talk about pitching with the Cardinals. Uh, they did sign uh, Stephen Matz, four years, $44 million. Uh, they've got a, a pretty solid rotation. And, you know, two of the best corner infielders, you know, in, in the National League. Uh, what, uh, what are you looking at in terms of what their biggest needs are? Well, I think they've got to decide who's going to play shortstop, Joe. They've got a couple, you know, guys uh, on, the, on the roster, Edmund Amundo uh, Sosa and Paul Dijon. Uh, so they, they could do that, or, you know, maybe they go out and, and, and look for a shortstop. Uh, their pen is a little weak. Um, they've got outside of, uh, you know, Giovanni, uh, Giovanni uh, Gallegos, who had 14 saves, and Alex Reyes, you know, who had, who had uh, you know, 29 saves last season. That pen is a little, kind of a little shallow, but, you know, the Cardinals always seem to, you know, they're such a, a great organization, a solid organization. They always seem to, uh, you know, kind of find an answer. And, uh, you know, even though Adam Wainwright is back, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> For the you know, five millionth season. Yeah. And so is Yadier Molina, you know, he, this oh, is his last goodness. year. So they might be looking for some catching help too. Well, I mean, at least though on the road, they'll be able to get in for those Denny's early bird specials with the, uh, the senior citizen discounts with Molina and Wainwright. Uh, so that, that'll help them out. Uh, yeah, definitely. Their, their bullpen is where they need to, to make, uh, make the most splash. Uh, I think for sure. Uh, the Cubs, uh, they, they went after what Marcus Stroman uh, signed him. Uh, they, they really need uh, even more help in their, their rotation though. Right. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, you know, they, they signed uh, Stroman, you know, three years for 71 million, but uh, you know, but after that, you know, they, they did pick up Wade Miley on, on waivers, you know, which is, you know, we saw how good Miley can be in the, in the Cleveland this past season when he threw the no hitter. So their top three guys are solid Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, Wade Miley. After that, you know, they could use, they could definitely use some help and uh, you know, offensively, I think they're still trying to recover from the fire sale when, you know, Javier Baez, Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Jack Peterson, you know, we're all, we're all dealt at the, at the deadline this past season. How would, uh, how would signing Carlos Correa maybe uh, help uh, that, that, that offense and that lineup? Yeah, that would be, that would be a, a big boost. And I think Carter Hawkins would like that. <laughs> well, Carter Hawkins uh, working in an organization that could actually finally spend some money uh, might be uh, might be keen to throw uh, as much as he can at Carlos Correa, maybe convince him to wear a different kind of pinstripes this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they all they've already uh, added Jan Gomes, you know, a couple of some former two former Indians in, in uh, Guardians, I should say, in, in Jan Gomes and Clint Frazier. So uh, I don't know if it, I'm sure they would like to add, you know, a, a big bat somewhere in that lineup. Clint Frazier can finally start growing his hair out again, huh? Yeah. If I, hopefully he's feeling, you know, he's over those uh, concussion issues that really have kind of shut him down the last year and a half or so. Right. 
Uh, moving on to the Pirates before the lockout, they uh, they signed ex uh, Cleveland catcher and two time Gold Glove winner uh, Roberto Perez. Uh, he's gonna you know replace um, Jacob Stallings, who was their catcher before. Uh, but but really, this is this is another young team, a rebuilding team, a constantly building team. Um, what are they looking for? Uh, to, to sort of get them back into being competitive. Yeah, Joe, they, uh, they need a lot of help. <laughs> Derek Shelton is, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the Cleveland's old hitting coach is up to his ears in a rebuild. They were 61 and 101 last year. Right now they've got a $34 million payroll. You know, of course that's going to go up, but, you know, they need some pitching help, Joe. They need some help in the rotation. They signed, you know, Jose Quintana, a lefty that that Cleveland fans are familiar with, but after that, you know, you've got Mitch Keller, J, JT uh, Brubaker, Will Crow. You know, Keller was five and eleven. Brubaker was five and thirteen last year. Uh, they need some. You know, they're going to struggle. You know, obviously, but they could use some pitching help for sure and some help in the pen too. Right. Yeah, I think top to bottom, they could they could use they. They might be dipping into that, uh, you know, veteran past their prime uh, uh, pitching market just to try and, uh, you know, piece together innings and, and get get somebody get an innings eater, uh, which is, you know, something they really need. Uh, finally, the uh, the Reds, uh, Cleveland's spring training uh, training partner and sometimes frequent trade partner, uh, they, uh, you know, have needs pretty much all over the place, but uh, their outfield is pretty solid, pretty deep. Uh, could you see them maybe making a move after, um, after the lockout ends to, 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 you know, move one of those outfielders? Yeah. You know, Joe, they're, they're kind of in an interesting situation because before the, before the lockout, you know, they were talking about cutting salary and they really cut over like 33 million bucks from the, from the payroll, they traded uh, Tucker Barnhart to Detroit. Then uh, they, uh, you know, th- uh, then they, tr- uh, you know, waived Wade Miley, and then uh, Nick Castellanos opted out of, of his deal with them. And so I, I'm not sure exactly where where they where they are. You know, they made a couple, you know, minor league signs uh, with uh, some Cleveland connections. Jake Bowers signed there. Kyle Dowdy who was a pitcher in the uh, Cleveland minor league system signed. Um, they, uh, Michael Lorenz, you no know, left and signed with the angels. So you know, it, it's, uh, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, it, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they're, where, where, where they're headed this, this season, next season, I mean, in 2022. What, what are they looking for in, in, in signing Jake Bowers? Uh, I, I mean, that, yeah, a guy who's not going to get lost going to the to the complex because he already knows the way there. That's that's about <laughs> it. I mean, you know, Bowers. You know, if you look at his numbers, he he did the same thing in Seattle. You know, the, the, as after he did in trade. Cleveland after uh, Cleveland released him. You know, the the one thing um, the uh, the Reds have are three fairly decent. Uh, you know, uh, starters. In, in, you know, in those, in those top three three uh, spots and. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, and Tyler, uh, Tyler Maley. I think it's Maley. Maley, right? yeah. 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 They, you know, so, so they're okay there. 
and uh, they've got some, you know, some. Not, they they don't have really a dominant closer right now in 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 that bullpen. Uh, Lucas Sims, you know, Art Warren, Amir Garrett. Those kind of, they've got a bunch of guys that have you know seven to ten saves each. So I, I don't know if they'll be looking for that kind of guy that you know can give them twenty five to thirty saves. Well, well, we know Amir Garrett's good in a fight, so uh, you know they've, they've at least got that. Uh, great, yeah, that that takes care of the uh, National League Central. We've got uh, one more division to take take a look at next week, and and next week we're gonna uh, jump in with our subtexters and start talking about uh, some of the, the 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 names and the figures and the the individuals and the personalities. Uh, that you've covered over your uh, your many years covering baseball in Cleveland, uh, Hoinsey's top 25 Cleveland baseball personalities. Uh, we're going to run through uh, a, a name each week and, and do some trivia on each each player or front office person or you know clubhouse person that you've uh, you've met and and uh, we're going to have some fun with it and and ask our subtexters to 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 sort of play along there. Yeah, that's going to be fun, Joe. I, I mean. I- I have a hard time remembering the players, my own names. So I have a hard time remembering the player, all the players I've covered. So this is, this should be interesting. Yeah. It'll be a fun little exercise. that will hopefully take us right up until uh, spring training. If, uh, if these guys ever get their act together, uh, Hoinsey, it was uh, good to see you again this week. We'll talk to you again on Monday. All right, Joe. 